Hey, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> okay, I just did something so funny. I'm going to leave it out. I'm not going to talk about it. And we're going to get to back to the prophecy. Uh, I wanted to get it out today, but I had to be somewhere around 12 o'clock. Um, this is very, very crucial. This is a very serious teaching. Now, it's a prophetic teaching, and I want to come across and kind of reiterate on certain dreams and certain revelations that I have received from the Holy Spirit about this end time. And it's mainly exposing Satan in these last days. Now, these are the areas that this demonic spirits are going to be trying to capture and they're gonna come after us in the body of Christ. And this is a prophetic word. I have to bring this across. We talked about it in the first part of it earlier this morning around 11, 10 or 11, where the area of offense Enemy's going to attack us in that area. Number two was anger. Okay. Number three was sex. And number four, money. I want you to repeat after me. Anger, money, sex, and offense. All those four areas. Anger, money, sex, and offense. There are spirits that are being released in the earth. And they're coming after us, especially in the body of Christ. In those four areas, that is the prophetic word. Satan is trying to play for keeps. We know he's a thief. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy and take from you. If you can do it, He'll do it through dreams. He'll do it through visions. He'll do it through people. He'll come to people on your job. He'll come through family members. But the sneakiest way he comes through is through the things of the Spirit. Remember Jesus? He had a parable that when the unclean spirit goes out of a person, it wanders around looking for a body. He tried to come back to the body of the person that was delivered by the power of God. And that's you. Because you're at the Satan's demise. You have the key to the kingdom. You have the power and authority to rule and reign over Satan. But I want to share with you some things. I had a dream last week. Me and my wife, I woke up. It was crazy, man. And I had another dream right behind that. And this is of people that have died and gone on in my family. Now, you say, oh, that might be good. Yeah, yeah, you say it might be good. But let me tell you something. Satan comes to masquerade himself as an angel of light. He comes to dreams and visions, just like God said in Jeremiah 33, 3, through Job, excuse me, Job 33, 14, excuse me, where he said that, I come in vision and dreams to my children to warn them and to keep them from harm. Well, Satan can come in the same thing in vision and dreams to torment you and to keep you in bondage. Did you not know that? But but I saw my I saw a dream of my mommy and daddy. That's what you might say. And I said I had a really a dream of my biological mother. And we all think these dreams are good when they come back and letting us know that they're okay, they're in heaven, everything's fine. A dear cousin that passed away, maybe a dear grandmother or grandfather that passed away. They're coming you to tell you some good things. Hey, hi, hey, cuz, what's up? 
They're coming to tell you good things. And you think it's good tidings. You think God sent them back. But that's not scriptural. That is not scriptural that somebody from the dead can come back. Not even in a dream. Not even in a vision. It's not God. Want me to show you? Baby. My wife's going to read. Turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I want you to follow me step by step. We went over this this morning. For some of those that missed the first one, I'm going to kind of cover what we talked about. And this is a prophetic teaching. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, look at verse number 5. I want you to read, sweetheart. Listen to this. For the living know that they will die. Okay, we know that we're going to die, right? Because we're in our we're in the flesh, we're here, we feel each other, but we have a spirit man. Now check this out. But the dead know nothing. But what? The dead know nothing. The dead knows nothing. Read, baby. They have no further reward, they have, even their name is forgotten. They have no further reward after they're dead on this earth. And their names are totally forgotten. Now check this out. Check this. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Understand that. The way they acted here in this earth, their characteristics, the what they thought, whether they were jealous, whether they were evil, whatever they were, when they were here on earth, they will never come back in this earth, under the sun, acting like that. Because when they go to glory, their body, the flesh, the way they act, it goes back in the ground. Their spirit man goes up, and that's a totally different person from the flesh that they walked in. Did you, did you read that one more time, honey? For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Mm. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. They will never again have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Nothing here, no more. They're gone. They're up either in glory with God, and they have a, they have a new spirit, which is their real spirit, man, that was in their body on earth. And if they were seeking the things of God, check this out, the Spirit man that was built up in them when they were in the flesh is going to rule and reign with God in heaven. But it's going to be a totally different person. And they're not even going to remember what they did here on earth. Can you believe that? They're not even going to know. They're going to be caught up in the glory of God. All they're going to know is God and his glory and his angels and all the people. They will probably recognize the people that they were with here on earth that died ahead of them, but they'll have no regulation and no memory of what they did on earth. If they smoked the blunt, they ain't going to sit up there in heaven. Oh yeah, remember that time we smoked the blunt? We used to drink that old Irish rose. We used to get high. They're not going to remember none of the evil that they did on earth. Nothing. They're going to be holy unto God. They're going to have a different mindset like him in the glory. Check this. Read, baby. Verse 7, go, eat your food with gladness. No, 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 read 6 again. Oh, their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. No more. Now, when I had those dreams, I was saying, well, mom was in the club smoking, getting high in the dream." Now, I wasn't part of what they were doing in the dream. I was not liking what I saw. My auntie was there, but she's alive today. And my mom was there. And there were members of my family, but I couldn't recognize and regulate their faces. But they were partying hard, drinking, smoking, crack or whatever. They were smoking and weed, passing stuff around. I didn't want none. And I sat off from a distance in the dream, wondering when I was going to get a chance to talk to my mom, because she was in conversation, clowning around with other people. But she was long dead. Six or seven years ago, she died. My mom, my biological mother, okay, Lucille Harvey. And in the dream, 
I tried to go to the convince of mom, what are you doing? You got to stop this. But my mother wasn't talking. There was no words. She was moving her mouth, but there was no words coming out of her mouth. But in my thought realm, she was telling me to leave her alone and let her live her life. So I just put my hands up in the air and I walked out the bar and I woke up. Now, that might have been a bad dream. But I was still up trying to figure out what in the world did that dream come from and why did it come? My Aunt Edie was right there sitting next to her. They were all getting high. And my Aunt Edie, she's still here. She's up in Jersey. But it blew my mind. And I pondered. And I went to look up certain things about that dream. But I got a revelation from the Holy Spirit to rebuke that dream and to cast the devil out. Because whoever you dream about that died, check this, check this, whatever bad habit that they had on this earth, if you see them in a dream and you entertain them, listen to me, listen to me, the spirits that are unleashed as Satan. Now, you might have seen mama and daddy in a dream. You might have conversed with them, talked with them, touched them, hugged them, did something with them, and it seemed all nice and cozy. But when you came back from that dream, you were thinking, oh, wow, I saw mom and dad in a dream. But then you ever wonder after that dream, why do things in your life don't work out the way they work out? What, what was happening? I had a dream about mom and dad. It was fine, but all hell's breaking loose in my life. Because Satan sent forth and he came as an angel of light to deceive you through your dream and through your vision. So what seemed to be good to you, it came from Satan. Turn, baby, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want them to hear this. This blew me away. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. Check this out. Look at verse 14, baby. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself mm. masquerades as an angel of light. Mm. It is not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, uh. their end will be what their actions deserve. So Satan even got servants and ministers down there working on his behalf. Like we have servants in the body of Christ and ministers. And he masquerades. He goes around pretending. That he is an angel of light. Because see, you look at everything in the natural eye. But you don't understand what's happening in the spirit realm. How the prince of the power of the air, that old dragon Satan, is trying to deceive you any which, which way because you named the name of Jesus. That's why all hell is breaking loose in your life. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to steal from you. So if you can find some way to get in, that person, spirit that you had a dream of was into money and trying to steal money, guess what? Satan is sending that spirit back to, guess what? Take money. If that person that you dreamed about had sexual issues and you entertained them, guess what? Then you wonder why you, you're getting crazy and want to have the unction to have sex. You think you're in your midlife crisis? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Satan is sending spirits at you. Remember, Jesus said, those spirits will leave that body. And they go around looking for a body. And when they come into that body, the person's seven times worse than what they were. Remember that. Now, I want my baby to turn to Job chapter 33. Now, check this. Check this. Now, this is God talking to you in a dream and a vision. Check this. 14, 33, Job chapter 33, verse 14. For God does speak, now one way, now another, now so no one perceives it. Now, God speaks what? How does he speak, baby? One way, one way another. Or another, where people do not what? Perceive it. They don't even perceive it. See, what you think is God may not be God, it may be the devil. But you ain't really perceiving when God's coming to you. But how does it come, baby? Go ahead and read. 
In a dream, mm-hmm. in a vision of the night, uh-huh. when deep sleep falls on people as they, they slumber in their beds, right? He may speak in their ears. He may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. And terrify them with warnings. Listen to what he said. He will show you warnings. Hmm. But I thought God was a good God, and He only showed me good things all the time. I thought He was a God of blessings, blessings, blessings. Read that one more time, baby, about the part where he brings what? God brings deep what? Sleep, deep sleep. In a dream, in mm. a vision of the night, right? when deep sleep falls uh-huh. on people uh-huh. as they slumber in their beds, uh-huh. he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. Terrify them with what? Warnings. Warnings. To turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride. To what? preserve them from the pit. Their lives from perishing by the sword. Ooh, wait, did you hear that? When God comes in the dream, he comes to warn you to keep you away, to protect you, to keep you from falling. That's what the script, that's what Job chapter 33, verse 14 through 17 says. He says it keeps you from falling. What, what, read that, that part where he says he keeps us away from what, baby? Read, read that part. Turns them from wrongdoing. Turns them from wrongdoing. And keeps them from what? Pride. From puffing themselves up in pride. But Satan comes like masquerading himself an angel of light. And normally he comes in the spirit of pride. The Bible says pride comes before you fall. The prophecy that God is trying to implement is that we must stay humble. The prophecy that God's trying to emphasize is that don't get fooled and conned by Satan. Start acting like he act and puffing yourself up in pride. And the areas that we talked about was what? Anger, money, sex, and offense. Satan's coming at you that way. And he wants to try to take you out before your time. So he brings these dead people. He brings people having sex with you in a dream. Stuff like that. People that done died and went hmm, through spirits. And if you give into those dreams, then you start acting out like them. But as soon as you have those dreams, what you need to do is stand up in the name of Jesus. I don't care if it's grandma and grandpa. And you rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. You put him on the spot. You stand in your authority and tell him where to go. Because what he's trying to do, he's trying to come in. And what he's doing with a lot of people, he got them blind thinking, oh, mommy came to me. Daddy came to me in my sleep. My daughter came to me from the dead in my sleep. Yeah. I had those dreams. I had those visions. But God showed me different that Satan comes to camouflage himself as an angel of light. And he tries to come back and he tries to deceive. That's his job. But we just read, when God comes, he comes to warn you. He comes to give you knowledge about what's in front of you so Satan won't take you out. God is there to protect you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's there to protect you. Now, we were talking in the area of anger this morning. And I want my baby, and this is a problem in the body of Christ, where we have this competitiveness in the church. One thinks one anointing is better than the other one. Oh, Apollos is better than Paul. Paul is better than Peter. That kind of crap. That's garbage. Bible says compare nobody. Don't even do it. Hey, Nathan, how you doing? Don't compare nobody to what to whatever it is, if you're in the body of Christ. Anger, I'm going to tell you about anger, about 75%, close to that amount, 78, give or take, of men in the body of Christ, not even only in the body of Christ, in the world altogether, suffer the spirit of anger. You're talking to a recipient that is getting delivered from the spirit of anger. I had a situation 
I didn't share with you before. Man cheated me out of my money, had me driving his truck, doing me wrong. Hey, Nay, how you doing? Did me wrong. Cost me. Now, in Christ, we have to love our enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. But this man did me so dirty. Truck wasn't right. My wife was right there to witness the whole thing. This man should have been taken out of here. And I held bitterness and I held unforgiveness against that man. But God had to deal with me. We almost had a fight. Hand had to grab me. The hand came out of nowhere like Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, writing on the wall type of hand. Held my arm back, keep me from beating the crap out of me. And I had to humble myself. And even though the man was cursing at me, I had to go back to him and tell him, hey, I'm sorry for my actions and the way I was angry with you, but I wasn't taking back what I said because what I said was honest. He cursed me, F and F and all that, F and F, and I had to let it go. Understand what I'm saying? His wife was even nice to me. Made sure I got paid. Made sure he didn't cheat me out of my money, which he probably cheated me out of two tires, but it's okay. I had to let that go. Another time, guy cheated me out of 14 grand. Did me wrong. Okay? I could hold unforgiveness against him. Now, this time, this guy was white. So the first thing a black man's going to think, white man's out to get me. But hey, check that. Wasn't so. Went to Atlanta. Had a black-owned company that cheated me. Equipment wasn't working right. I told him it wasn't working right. Came back to the yard. Told me to come back to the yard to Atlanta, Georgia. Held me at gunpoint and made me get out of truck. And I was living for God. There was nothing I could do. He threw my stuff out the truck. Left me there. I had to call an Uber. My wife had to come nine hours to come and get me. And I was still living holy and right. Did I deserve it? No. Was it enough to be angry about? Yes. Should I have taken him out? New York style? Brooklyn styling? Yes, but I had to go back after some words were said. And still, even though they did me wrong and they didn't even pay me, I had to apologize. I had to apologize. See, that's hard for a Christian to do. Areas where I should have took somebody out, I could have been in prison if my wife wasn't present. Do you understand what I'm saying? I could have been in prison because the Holy Ghost was telling me and telling me, Alan, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I wanted to do it my way. But I'm going to tell you something. Anger can send you to your grave much quicker than all of those things that you're walking in and sin, including sexual sin. Don't you know anger causes strokes? Don't you know anger causes heart attacks? Don't you know that anger can bring on diabetes real quick? And if the COVID hits you, you out of here. Do you, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Anger brings a lot of stress. It makes you not want to love people. It makes you envious and jealous. It doesn't show any love or concern or consideration for the other person or even any type of compromise. You either want it your way or no way. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to go back over what we reiterated about anger. And we're going to go to James, James chapter 4. And look at verse 1. My sweetheart's going to read from this. Listen to this, Nay. Listen to this, Haida. Listen to this, Facebook. What does it say, baby? What causes fights and quarrels among you? He's asking you a question. What causes fights and quarrels among you? James chapter, Jesus' brothers taught me here. James chapter 4, verse 1. What's causing fights 
and arguments among you. Read. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Oh, so it comes from my desires that battle within me. Okay, what else? You desire but do not have, so you kill. Oh, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so mm -hmm. you quarrel and fight. Mm -hmm. You do not have because you do not ask God. Oh, so you're jealous of somebody. You want to fight. You want to have what they have. You want to covet what they have. Hmm. You, you think you got it going on, but you can't have it. And all you had to do, you're jealous of the other individual. All you had to do was ask God. And God would have blessed you. But you're sitting there looking at what, the, what Mr. Mr. Jones over there got. He got a Cadillac, so you want to get a Cadillac. I want you to read that from another version, baby. What 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 does the uh, the CEB version of that Bible say? I, I, want, I want you to read that over again. What is the source of conflict among you? Okay. What is the source of your disputes? Oh, okay. Don't they come from your cravings that are at war in your own lives? Oh, wait a minute. Now... It was desires, now it's cravings. Hmm. So you want money. Hmm. Hmm. I see. I see. You you craving after that girl. You got the big button and smile. You you want some of that. Well, that's another man's wife. Hmm. Hmm. Think. You're angry because you want to have what he has. Read on, sweetheart. What what does it say? You long for something you don't have. So you commit murder. So you you commit are murder. jealous for something you can't get, so you struggle and fight. So you struggle and fight. You fight against it. You envious. You want that. You got to have it. You got to have things your way or no way. So you argue with your wife. And when you can't have it your way, you hit your wife. Hmm. Women, I know you too. Because now we got cases where women are beating up on men and going to jail. Hey, Luke, what's going on? That's my classmate from South Carolina. Now, how do we deal with this? I want you to read on, baby. What, is, what else does it say? You don't have because you don't ask. Because you don't ask. What else does it say? You ask and you don't have because you ask with evil intentions. Oh, your motive is wrong. To waste it on your own cravings. Because you want to waste it on yourself. You want it for yourself. You just want to be greedy. Some people in ministry act that way. They want the same self-annoying that you have. They envy because they don't know how to seek God for their own revelation to get what's from God. Nathan, they're jealous of you. Could you have a good job? You're getting paid $20 an hour. And they may not have the eloquence and know how to fill out an application to get that job. So they want what you want. Hmm. Hmm. I see. I see how Satan works. He works through envy and strife and jealousy and people being competitive wanting to want what you have they want to compete against you what else does it say honey you unfaithful people mm. don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility toward god ah oh, so if you if you act like this you're friends with what with who the world yes and it brings hostility toward who god toward god He's watching everything that you're doing. The prophetic word, he wants you to get past this anger. Look, look, look at James chapter 1, verse 20, honey. Says, Listen to this. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. An angry person does not produce God's righteousness. When I read that, I told my wife, please forgive me for being angry. Now, I don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I don't go around bashing and beating up on women. I'm not, I'm not crazy like that. But anytime you're in a marriage, you're going to have disagreements. Am I right or wrong? Of course I'm right. So, sometimes words will be said. Sometimes the voices raise up. That happened in your relationship. You ain't no better than me. I ain't no better than you. But, the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Some people let it go to the extreme. But God's not going to even acknowledge you if you're always angry, walking in sin. Now, we went over some scriptures about anger. And before I go to the next part of this, 
I'm going to go over these scriptures. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22. Check this out. Check this out. Read, sweetheart. Angry people stir up conflict. Angry people do what, baby? Stir up conflict. Make arguments. Stir up conflict. Problems. They're always trying to scheme up against you. Trying to come against you. Trying to put your name out as mud, like the Satan does to accuse other brethren. Trying to start an argument. What else, baby? Hotheads cause much offense. Oh, so hotheads, people that want to fight, provoke you, provoke you to anger. Can't have it their way. So what do they do, baby? What do hotheads do? They cause much offense. They cause a lot of offense. Many are offended. Why? Because the person doesn't love themselves, number one. Number two, they hate righteousness. They want to be right, but they hate righteousness. They love what they do. You have to hate what you do to stop what you're doing. You have to look at yourself and see how people are looking at you. How your wife is sitting over in the corner scared of you because you're angry. How your kids are petrified. They don't want to even deal with you because you're angry all the time. Because you come out your face back at them the same way they came at you. So they think you are a risk. They think you're going to come at them. Oh, I had the spirit growing up as a kid. I remember my mother taking me to Queens General Hospital in Queens, New York because of anger. I was an angry child because I went through abuse. I went through things I was not supposed to go through as a child. And I grew up and became a man, very responsible, do, did, doing the right things in life. But I had a problem with anger. I had a problem always wanting to fight, always wanting to have the last word. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get you. Even though I was in the right, even when I was in the right, I still wanted to have the last word. I was challenged many times. There was times I would win. There was times I would lose. But when I lost, I was coming back at you again. See? Bible says, vengeance is mine and I will repay, save the Lord. I didn't want to hear that. Like some of you out here. Even in the body of Christ, you have that spirit about you. You don't like somebody in that church. And, and they've been so nice to you. But you're just so mean and wicked. You talk down to them. Because you think they're coming to take your job. Your, your little job on the camera ain't nothing. Your job as a, as a missionary ain't nothing. You're a servant. Why are you jealous? Because you're not seeking God to find out what the call of God is on your life. And they, they died to the flesh. They walked this walk. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know how many times they've been on their hands and face and knees repenting before God to get over this flesh so they can walk in the spirit. And now God's exalted them. And here come you with your foolishness. Because you don't know how to die to this. So you're jealous over the gifting that they have in their life. Same thing in the business world. You've seen somebody done had a degree. Done moved up. Because you didn't get your degree, you didn't get your stuff together, you envy them and they got put in a better position than you. Or you were in a position, you were nominated to get management. But they hired somebody from a college that you actually had to train. <laughs> That's a, it, it happened to me. It happened to my wife. <laughs> I, I wish she could tell you the story. But we got to cut this short. But the Envy and the jealousy comes from promoting somebody that didn't, you felt that they didn't deserve the position, and you got put back on the bookshelf. Hmm. 
You know how many times I've been put on the bookshelf before I started ministering this word? And it seemed like nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. Do, do you know how many times I got overlooked in ministry? And I should have been jealous. But I stayed humble. And I felt some kind of way sometime. I was overlooked. But I had to let it go because I already knew who I was in Christ. I had no time to get jealous and envy. But I just wondered why I was just being overlooked. And I questioned God. Then God started showing me some things about myself. He said, well, that person overcame anger. You didn't. <laughs> that was a slap in my face, like a V8, bing. <laughs> I'm serious, man. But God is trying to get us out of this thing of anger, throwing things at me, you know, abuse, abusing women, women abusing men, children rising themselves to hit, slapping their own parents. I know stories in New York, I can tell you stories in New York where that's happening all the time. These kids have no respect for their parents. Anger, mad because of what happened in their life. Things that had happened, the abuse. The father was never in the home. They're wondering why they don't have a father. I understand. I understand. Trying to call me on my phone. But men and women, do me one favor. When you're angry, go back and number one, I want you to write this down. This is from the Holy Spirit. Find out why you're angry from your past life. What happened? How did it happen? And why? I want you to first of all go back to that. When you go back to that, number two, I want you to get on your face before God. And I want you to cast that anger on the altar before God by yourself. No, don't, don't worry about no preacher going to church to wait before he lay hands on you because that's not going to help you. Until you come to glimpse with why you're angry, and how you're acting and what you're doing. I had to come to glimpse with it. I was mad at my real father for, the, for him neglecting me. I was mad at my uncle for abusing me. I had to go back to my uncle and make peace with my uncle. I had to go back to my daddy, my real father's grave and make peace with him at the grave. Yeah, I told him off. I let everything out. Some of you may have to do that because God wants to use you in this last days. He can't use you with an angry spirit. You're going to have to get it right. You're going to have to come forth. This is a prophetic word. This is part of maybe a four-part series because I got to deal with four areas. And that's sex. Oh, and that's the juicy one. Offense. Money. Some of us are greedy, and I'm talking right now about this anger. You're going to have to get past this. You're going to have to deal with this. You want to make peace with God. Then you present it and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you why you were angry. Maybe you might remember. You write it down. And you speak, you get the word of God. In the area where you were angry and you come against Satan and you speak to God about it, you confess it, you mean it, and you have to hate it. If you love it, you're never going to get past it. That means you're going to continue on doing it. If you justify it, you're going to keep on doing it. One thing I stopped doing was justifying it. I ain't had no excuse for it. Will Smith had no excuse for it. Even though... 
keep Chris Rock was talking about his wife. Yes, you're supposed to stand up for your wife. In that way, Will Smith did the right thing. But he didn't have to curse and he didn't have to hit him. He could have pulled him on the side, talked to him in peace. I know that's a northern thing because us New York people, us people from Philly and Jersey, and some of you, us right here from the Carolinas, will knock your block off. Baltimore, too. You know you would have did what Will Smith did. You probably would have shot him dead for talking about your wife. And I, and I got that. But that anger can lead you to you going to prison. What you going to do when you're behind bars? Another 20, 20, 25 years. You don't waste your life because anger took you there. Listen to what I'm saying. I had three buddies. Rikers Island, upstate, where my cousin was correction officer in Attica, in prison. Drug deal and anger. Drug deals and anger. Somebody didn't pay, got angry, bam, bam, bam. They went upstate New York and spent the majority of their years in prison. Now they're in the 50s and 60s. Some gotten out of prison, went on with their life. Some of them are still there. Do you want to be there, sisters? Do you want to be there, brothers? Do you want to be known a man or woman of God and be embarrassed because of your anger? Because you abused somebody and you killed somebody by mistake because you were angry? You allowed that anger and remorse to get in you? Hmm? Think about it. Think about it. I've been there. I've been there. Where were you, sweetheart? Uh, 22, angry people stir up conflict. Mm -hmm. Hotheads cause much offense. Cause much offense. Pride lays people low, but those of a humble spirit gain honor. So, if you're operating in anger, that's pride. But if you humble yourself, what will you gain, baby? What will they the gain? Spirit of, I will gain honor. They will gain honor from God. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Read. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Insightful people restrain their anger. Uh, sightful people restrain. Insightful people restrain uh -huh. their anger. Uh -huh. Their glory is to ignore an offense. They will ignore an offense. This is what you need to do. you got to get past this. You're going to have to get in glimpse. You're going to have to get in God's face. You're going to have to hate this thing. And then, on top of that, the people that you hurt after you ask forgiveness for the people that hurt you, you're going to have to go back and make peace to them. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, yes, you are. No, yes, you are. You're going to go back and you're going to make peace with them and you're going to tell them that you're sorry for what you did. When you hit your wife, you're going to have to go back and apologize and make peace and you're not going to do it again. Because the Bible says in Malachi, if you deal treacherously with the wife of your youth, God's going to deal with you. And your prayers are not even going to be answered. That's why all hell's breaking loose in your life right now, brother. Sister, when you get in your husband's face yelling at him and cursing him out, you're not exempt too. I'm putting you on the line too. Because God is watching. You dishonored your husband? Oh, I'm going to stop your prayers. I'm going to deal with you too. You're dealing treacherously with the husband of your youth. Same thing. Because man and woman is man. Except for this woman is a man with a womb. That's all it is. So it goes both ways. Hmm? You're supposed to dwell with her according to knowledge. You're supposed to love her as Christ of the church. And ladies, you're supposed to honor your husband. Don't let me get on marriage. Okay? We got all our teaching, me and the wifey. We talk about it all the time. What, what else does it say, baby? A raging king roars like a lion. Mm -hmm. His favor is like the dew on the grass. Mm -hmm. A foolish son is a disaster to his father. Mm, that, I don't think they have anything to do with it. Okay. All right. We're going to leave that one out. Sorry about that. Now, we're going to go into something a little bit more. And I'm going to talk about the area of business and ministry. The area of you at the workforce. The this, this spirit of competitiveness. 
that is running rapid in the church. People jockeying for position. People jockeying for position in these 500. They're jealous of your skills. They don't like you. Hmm? Anger. Competitiveness. Jealousy. Envy. I want to talk about it. Look at this scripture. I want to show you something. What are the four areas that we were talking about? Anger, money, sex, and offense. Right now, we're dealing with anger. Anger and offense. Whatever happened to the love of God? On these jobs in church, around people, you're getting along. Whatever happened to that brother and sister looking out for each other? Remember back in the day, we used to look out for each other. Remember how it was, man? That's my boy. He always looked out. Everything was cool. All I see now, when I'm looking at us right now, all I see is gossip, putting people down, offending people, one being envy over another's gift or their talents or their skills. Because they feel they didn't have no revelation from God like the other person did. So they want to copy off another person. I remember one time I was teaching the word of God. And um, I'm not going to say where. And I had this word about, about the purposes of God. And it was an on-time word. I didn't, it was no copyright from nobody. It was straight on my knees before God. God giving me the revelation. Had the scriptures, everything in time. A week later, somebody else came up to teach the word. I'm interested, really, want to hear the person. And the person, I'm not going to lie, they copied my message. My wife is my witness. They copied everything that I taught. Word from word. In, am I right, baby? Scripture from scripture. And I was scratching my head. Wait a minute. This is all I taught this last week. But I wasn't mad at them, okay? It's okay to listen to what a person's saying, get something from it, and teach it. But this person was teaching exactly what I taught verbatim, man, as if they were not seeking God and getting their own revelation, but they wanted to copy off of me. God don't like copycats. God wants you to create your own style. Just like Saul and David, I'll give you an example. The King Saul and David. David came up, he slayed Goliath. Saul was king, David was nothing. Okay, but he was about to be king. And what happened, when Saul went before the armies, the ladies said he slew a thousand. But when David fought, David slew tens of thousands of thousands. Saul got furious with David. There was one time he got with David, he got him alone, he threw a spear at him and just missed him by an inch. Another time he tried to kill him. David got away. Is that what envy and strife and jealousy will cause you to do? Even in a drug game, when one wants a territory, right? One wants a territory, right? You're on the east side, the other one's on the west side, right? Remember how it was in the days, homeboys? We, we had our territory. They had their territory. If you encroached on my territory, I'm taking you out. You fight over turf. Territory. Because you want that territory. Because you're jealous because they got more than you. You're trying to cover a whole match. It's about you getting yours. Competitiveness. I want you to turn to James chapter 3. Look at verse 13. And my wife's going to read this. And I want you to hear from this. Are, you, are any of you wise in understanding? Listen to this. Are any of you wise or any of you understand? He's asking you a question. Read, sweetheart. Show that your actions are good with the humble lifestyle that comes from wisdom. Okay, so when you are operating in the mindset of God, you, you come in the middle come with the love of God. You come with the know-how and wisdom from above. God gives you wisdom. He gives you power or wisdom to get wealth. 
Okay, he gives you power and wisdom to orchestrate things the way you wouldn't need to orchestrate things. When I first did the business, I came together. The Holy Spirit gave me the idea. I put the concept together. The concept works hand in hand because I sat down and count the cost. I, got, I obtained the wisdom of God to do that. Now, now I want you to check this out. He's talking about jealousy, talking about people that envy, talking about people that are competitiveness. Check this out. Read, baby. However, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. Oh, bitter, bitter. Say, say that one more time, baby. Bitter you have, jealousy and selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Hmm. I wonder who acts like that. Read, baby. Then stop bragging and living in ways that deny the truth. Oh, so stop bragging about yourself. Because you're trying to be something that you're not. How many of you come across people that try to be something that they're not and they brag about themselves? Then when you go around and see what they got, they ain't got dilly twat. They ain't got nothing. Read, sweetheart. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Mm -hmm. Instead, it is from the earth, natural and dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's demonic. Now, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Read, sweetheart. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 10. And, and before, yeah, chapter 10, verse 12. 12 okay. mm -hmm. We don't dare to place ourselves in the same league or to compare ourselves with some of those who are promoting themselves ah. when they measure themselves by themselves mm. and compare themselves with themselves. Mm. They have no understanding. They have no understanding. So if you're trying to Keep up with the Joneses trying to compare yourself with somebody, trying to be better than somebody, because your anger, your anger that you're trying to get somewhere, guess what? You have no understanding of God whatsoever. Okay? Read Galatians chapter 5. Turn there right there. Verse 24 and 25. Read this. Okay. There, let's see. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self oh, so with the, its passions and its desires. So if you're in Christ Jesus, you're going to die to that flesh. You're going to die to that jealousy. You're going to die to that envy. You're going to die to that anger. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're going to crucify it. You're going to deal with it with the word of God. You're going to be honest with yourself. And I'm messing up. I'm angry. I'm jealous. I'm envy. And you're going to wipe it clean. Now, read, sweetheart, what else to say? If we live by the Spirit, uh -huh. let's follow the Spirit. Let's follow the Spirit. Hey, Demetrius, how you doing? Let's follow the Spirit of God. Okay? Now, read on, baby. What else is to say? Let's not become arrogant. Oh, let's not become what, baby? Arrogant. Arrogant. Make each other angry. Let's not make each other angry. What or else? Or be jealous of each other. Or be jealous of each other. It's just self-explanatory, man. I'm going to let the word speak for itself. What else does it say, honey? That's the last of that chapter. Start that bad boy all over again. Read that. I want meet Demetrius to hear this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have ah. crucified the self. They did what? Crucified the self with its passions. Right. And its desires. Get rid of the flesh. The anger got to go. The jealousy got to go. The envy got to go. You got to be honest with God and lay it on the cross. You got to be serious about this thing. You got to hate this thing. But the ones that don't want to get rid of it, you wonder why it's hard to get rid of it? Because you love doing it. You got your, your mind is like a callus. You're blind and you keep on doing it because that's what you've been always exposed to do. That is the craving in your flesh to do that. We just read about it in James chapter 4. You want to continue to do it because you're allowing Satan to come in and you're justifying it. It's all right to do it. God understands. No, he don't. We just read all of that. He don't understand that. He don't understand that in the body of Christ. Not supposed to even be there. What else does it say, baby? Read if that bad boy again. If we live by the Spirit, let's if, follow the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let's do what? Follow the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. Self-explanatory. What else, huh? Let's not become arrogant. Let's not become arrogant. Make each other angry. Not make each other angry. Or be jealous of each other. Or be jealous of each other. That's it. Now, that person, remember I told you, they copied my sermon, man. <laughs> I was like, whoa. So, this person, I, 
I preached this message on fire. Lady came back the following week and preached the same identical thing as if she had no revelation from God whatsoever. And as since that day, she had never spoke. I said, hi. She walked past me like I'm not even there. But all before that, when she heard, I had two books out. I had a radio ministry and all this stuff. I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. I'm walking in my calling. This is what God called me to do. Okay? He called me to teach this word. This is a gifting from God. I'm teaching from my experiences. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be like you. I'm never going to copy you. I have my own style. I have my own way of ministering. Okay? God deals with me differently. Sometimes from prophecy. Sometimes from teaching. Most of the time from those two areas. But there are areas, and I don't go around calling myself prophet so-and-so. No, don't call me that. But, the, but I teach. Okay? Call me anything. Just call me minister or call me servant. Or call me just Alan. I'm happy with that. But I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit told me. For those of y'all out there, be it, that's right, stay in your lane. That's right, Demetrius. That's right. Stay in your lane. But God told me this. Listen to this, preachers. If you if a person preaches, right, and you take their sermon, the Holy Spirit told me this one day. If you never walk where they walk, I learned this from the Lord. Don't ever copy another person sermon. Want to know why? Because if you hadn't walked what they were teaching in that sermon, you're going to be tested copying that sermon, but you never had no experience to walk where they walked. So guess where you're going? You're going to be humiliated. You're going to be humiliated. Satan is going to expose you and sit back in the corner after he done embarrassed you and laughed at you. Because you become a fool. Until you get revelation based on what you have overcome in your life, don't go there. If you don't know nothing about prophecy, don't teach on it. If you never walked it and don't know where to find it and experience it and teach it from the word of God, don't go there. I never go where I don't know. Yes, I know about visions. Yes, I know about dreams. Yes, I know about prophecy because I've experienced it. Yes, I know about marriage because I'm married. Yes, I know the foundation of the kingdom because I walk in the kingdom. Everything that I do in life is based on kingdom principles. Even though sometimes I mess up, even I get corrected, I go back to the scriptures to see where I messed up at. So I can be able to elaborate and make correction. And then if you're making the same mistake and the Spirit leads me to minister to you, I can minister to you effectively. See, that's how God deals with you, by your experiences. He allows you to go through these things. Satan is actually taking you through them things to get on your nerves, but God's allowing it to happen because he knows that you're going to overcome. Huh? Now, this anger... And this thing is a stronghold in your life. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And after this, we're going to pray, sweetheart. And I want you to read this to them. Our weapons that we fight aren't with human, uh, uh, so, but instead they are powered by God uh -huh. for the destruction of fortresses. Mm -hmm. They destroy arguments uh -huh. and every defense that mm -hmm. is raised up to oppose the knowledge of God. Okay. They capture every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's right. That's right. Aaron, hey, how you doing? Baby, read that from the King James Version. Let's roll with this. Let's roll with this. Read, read that first part, verse 3. Okay. I love it. I love this. For though we walk in the flesh. Ah, okay, there it goes. There it goes. For, for we walk in the Read, babe. We do not war after the flesh. Okay. So, you've got a flesh nature you have to deal with. You don't want to war. You don't want to get angry. You don't want to act like you're jealous. You don't want to go off on people. You don't want that. Right? You might be of the flesh, but you overcome it. You don't want to war like you war in the flesh. God don't want that. But what does he say, baby? For 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Oh, how do we deal with it, baby? But they're mighty to, through God mm. to the pulling down of strongholds. So they're mighty through God and we do what? Pull down strongholds. Pull down strongholds. What are strongholds? That sexual sin that you jab, jab them with. That greed for money that you jab them with every time you turn around. I'll prophesy this in your name. Give me $700. Huh? That offense, you're always going around offending people, jealous, envy of people, angry with people. That's the stronghold, baby. You got to do what, baby? Cast down imaginations. Cast down imaginations of that stronghold. And every high thing that exalts itself against and every high thing that what exalts itself exalts itself. Read against the knowledge of God. What does God's word say? Exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it to captivity, captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. How do you do that? Through His word. Through His word. You got a problem with anger? Proverbs says, soft answer turns away wrath. You come against the enemy with the word of God. You stand in your authority and you stand to his face. Devil, I will not get angry. I will not sin. And I will not come across and bring across wrath because I'm going to speak soft. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be mild. You speak the word of God. You're sick. By his stripes, I'm healed. You still feel sick? You still speak it. You stand on it because Jesus says your faith is going to make you whole. The same way you receive them as Lord by faith is the same way you receive your deliverance by faith. You speak forth the word of God. You stand in your authority. You have to know your authority. Most of us don't even know what our authority is. And I'm going to have some teachings soon. And I have, them all, I have my plan all laid out. And I'm going to be teaching on the authority of Jesus Christ and the authority that he gave you when he gave you the keys. You can overcome this. See, God's not going to take this away. God's giving you his spirit. It's for you to deal with the flesh. Not him. He saved you. He, when he said he died on the cross, he said it was finished. I give you the keys to the kingdom. What he stole from Adam, Boom, I give it back to you. Now unlock the door. Walk in. Don't play games with me. Don't come to me asking me, God, give me, give me God. I ain't got nothing for you. You have it already. I've given it to you already. I bless you with all spiritual and natural blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's only for you to step out in faith because faith without works is dead. God's not going to just shadow it down from heaven. You have to get up in the authority they give you. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I give you power over all serpents and scorpions, over all those trickery spirits that have been luring you into anger, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means should hurt you. Okay? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you right now, and we're going to stand in the gap. Because this enemy is going to be playing for keeps in this last days. But we got the victory already through Christ Jesus. We already have the victory. But you have to take this thing serious with anger. I want you to stand up in your spirit. I want you to say, Father, I rebuke anger out of my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, Satan, I stand against you and I oppose you. And I stand in my authority today. I've been angry. I've been jealous. I've been holding unforgiveness for the last time. I will not be jealous over another person's gifting. I will not be jealous because the person had a better job than me. But Lord God, I will come to you from now on and I will ask you. Seek in your face. And coming to know you and the power of your resurrection. Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all this filth. 
and help me to walk the way you would want me to walk. I speak forth the word. I speak forth the love. I speak forth the joy. I speak forth the peace. I speak forth the meekness, the gentleness, the temperance, the perseverance, and the endurance, and also the self-control in my life over the spirit of anger in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I want you to just shout hallelujah if you pray with me with that. We're going to get over this together, okay? I'm coming back tomorrow, and we're going to speak the prophetic word, and we're going to talk more in the reference to the offense, because I think offense and, and anger kind of go hand in hand. And I'm going to share with you some of the things I went through when I felt offended, when people put me down, because I was always I was a black sheep of the family. So there's a lot more to my life and I can kind of compare my life to some of what you went through because see some of us in the body of Christ are struggling with the spirit of offense some of us are struggling with the spirit of anger and we just never knew how to deal with it with the word of God but I'm here to tell you you can do all things to Christ to strengthen you you got this homeboy you got this homegirl you got this cuz ain't all you got to do pray. And you stand on the word of God wherever your weaknesses are. And you present it before God. And you be consistent. You don't quit. You throw it back in Satan's face and you tell Satan where to go. And you speak the opposite of the sins that you committed. You stand on it every day. You have to be consistent. Some of you may have to fast and pray. It's fine. You can do that too. But you're going to have to do, there has to be a purpose behind it. And the purpose behind it is dealing with this flesh. When you start walking in this flesh, your spirit man rises up. That's why the Bible says, you're walking in the spirit that you would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, you got me. I love you guys. I got to take two steps from here and get out of here. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Check out video number one on the prophecy. This is video number two, and I'm coming back with number three tomorrow. I love you guys. Lisa loves you. Say bye, Lisa. Bye, everybody. Yeah, she don't want you to show, see her, but she's going to be beautiful. She's beautiful now. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I'm, I'm just laughing with her. But I take two steps from here and get out of here. I'll check you guys later.